Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Thanks everyone for joining. Today we have on a very special guest. His name is Lee Harrington. And Lee is incredible because he's been able to reverse his type two diabetes through intermittent fasting and making some changes to his diet. Lee also has a blog, which he details his successes and some of the challenges that he's faced. It's called Less of Lee and it's on WordPress and I will be linking to it in the show notes. So I'm very pleased to have Lee here. Do you want to go ahead and give me a quick introduction so that people can get to know just a little bit about you? By the way, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I, you don't need to know much about me. I'm a, I work in IT. I'm a father of three now grown uh, children, happily married for um, 30 years. Gosh, longer than that. Anyway, number of years. And I, I became morbidly obese. It was destined. I mean, my father was obese and, and my mother at one time was. You know, it's in heart disease and obesity and all the metabolic syndrome is rife throughout my family. But I, I, I wasn't fat growing up. I mean, I, you know, I had the, most of us aren't, most of my family aren't. You know, we were skinny and, and running around and eating and drinking anything and everything. And then in our 20s and 30s, you know, things change. And so when it happened for me, I was, I was expecting it, right? And because I wasn't fat growing up, I didn't have any of the mental baggage that comes with being um, fat. I have a very positive inner voice. In some ways, it's super helpful. But in other ways, as I started getting fatter and fatter and fatter, you know, my ability to see myself positively, you know, isn't always in sync with what I really need. So it never really bothered me that I gained weight. You know, by that time I had married, so I didn't have to date anymore. (laughs) You know, it didn't really impact me. I mean, I just got bigger and bigger. You know, we had kids and, and you know, I'm able to get on the floor and play with them. And now I'm just kind of a roly-poly daddy. You know, I'm, I'm bigger and just bigger and bigger and bigger. I got up to 315 pounds nine years ago. And in my mind, I just thought I'm going to die early. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, and my, my solution is I had life insurance. I mean, isn't that horrible? Yeah. I just accepted it fatally. My, my, I don't come from long-lived people. And again, I didn't, you know, in my mind, I didn't identify with the guy in the mirror, right? Because I don't see me every day. You know, I see you. I see the world around me, right? I'm not looking at myself. And every now and then I'll see a picture of myself and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fat. But I just had a real... Uh, ability just to not really even clue into it. And I ended up having ear surgery and I'm in the hospital. You're supposed to be outpatient and I had to stay overnight. I won't give you the gory details, but it was a miserable night. I mean, totally miserable. And I won't, again, no need for the details, but it finally dawned on me 
I'm not going to die young. I'm going to live sick. Mm-hmm. Out of all the things that made me, you know, want to get healthy, that was the one. I mean, it was fear. And the very next day, I started my blog. I hadn't lost a pound. I hadn't learned a lesson. Yes, I mean, I had read books in the past. I had learned some things. But I'm just saying, on my journey, I announced to my coworkers, to my family. Again, I started the blog and said, hey, here's who I am. I'm 315 pounds, and I'm going to lose weight. And uh, we talked about this in the, in, the, in, the, in the prep work, but for me, that was part of my process. I, I, I mean, I'm not, a, you know, this is before that we were all YouTubers and, and podcasters. I mean, I never had that ambition. I still don't. It was accountability. I knew that if I put it out there, then when I was tempted, I wouldn't want to look like a, a failure. Mm-hmm. So I was boxing myself in. I don't recommend this for everybody, but for my for my type, my mindset, that worked. Let's skip forward. So I lost all the weight. I mean, not all, but I lost 80 pounds. And at I that went, point, you were not type two, right? No, I was probably okay. pre-diabetic, but again, it was, uh, oh, well, we can go on the whole idea of pre-diabetic. That's a terrible term. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, there's not a problem. You're only pre-diabetic. <laughs> yeah, you might have a problem, but not quite yet. Yeah. Yeah, there should be developing diabetes or diabetes minor, you know. Right. But nothing flagged me. I didn't realize that was a bad thing. And so it was just the weight, totally about the weight. I didn't have arthritis in my knees, you know, I was in my mid-40s. Okay. And so, you know, I lost the weight. I got down to 230. And I actually look pretty good at 230, if I say so myself. I mean, How I, tall are you, Lee? I'm 6'2". Okay. Yeah. So you're pretty tall. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've shown you the, the picture of my, you know, my, my peak, peak Lee moment. I'm sucking my gut in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I looked fantastic. I felt fantastic. My sleep apnea went away. My snoring went away. You know, I didn't need blood pressure meds uh, anymore. I could get on an airplane and buckle the belt. I had gotten so fat that I needed an extender. Mm-hmm. But I was too embarrassed to ever ask for one. And I was flying for business. So I would literally hold my hand, holding the, the thing together. It wouldn't meet, but my hand is over it. And wait for the, you know, for that part of the thing to go by and then just, you know, leave it unbuckled the whole flight. Um, and I saw myself as a big, I'm so big that I'm the guy. Again, I'm not huge. I'm not 600 pounds, but I'm big enough that I'm the guy as you're walking down the aisle. People go, oh my God, he's not sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, w- I was fitting in a seat and fitting comfortably. I mean, that's just one of the many life's indignities of being a, a fat person. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd huff and puff if I walked up a flight of stairs. If I, uh, uh, I worked as a consultant, so I'm always you know, coming into an office with my laptop and having to get under the desk and plug the laptop in. Oh, man, it would make me pour sweat. Yeah, it's harder to do those things in a bigger body, for sure. It is. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought of myself as a big person. I mean, I, I said just the opposite. In my mind, I'm still the you know 25 years old, but you know, I I I have big bones. I knew I didn't, but you know, the thought that I could get down to that size. I, mean, I went from extra extra large tall, not not tall because I'm six eight, but tall because I have such a gigantic pregnant woman's belly 
that I need more material to get, to get. Like, I'm not wide enough to need 3X or 4X, but I have this gut. And again, I didn't understand at the time that that is classic metabolic syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Skinny arms, skinny legs, big fat belly. You're developing heart attack and diabetes and all the things that comes with it. I mean, you can just, I, I don't know if you listen to Dr. Jim Nottis on YouTube, but he's, he's so funny. He goes, you don't need tests. You just look. <laughs> anyway, but again, I was feeling fantastic. I was wearing a size large. Wow. Large. That's incredible. Yeah. Extra large. I could get a shirt at Disney. I could get a shirt at a ball game, right? When you're 2XLT, you can't get clothes. Right. You have to shop at the big and fat store, which I don't call it the big and fat store. But anyway, I was so proud. I was so excited. But at the same time, then the fear goes away. So I was driven by fear, right? And because I tell people, don't worry about how did I lose the weight before? Because that's not where the problem was. Now, there are poorer ways and better ways to lose weight. But losing weight is a problem with if you keep doing what you did to lose the weight and then you start gaining. That's the problem with how you're losing weight. So the calorie restriction diets, they're all like that. They work for six months and they stop working even if you're still trying to get them to work. Yeah, yep. But that wasn't my problem. If you go back to the way you used to eat, it doesn't matter how you lost the weight, right? Yeah. That's basically what happened. Life caught up. I mean, for a year, it was on top of my mind. Every single day, I wrote blog articles about it. I read books about it. I listened to podcasts about it top of my mind. I mean, I'm a very, you know, obsessive kind of person. You know, if I get a new hobby, I'm watching, like I get into cooking, I'm, I buy myself a ceramic chef knife and I'm watching the, the cooking shows and, you know, I get into things that I made losing weight a hobby, actually. Yeah. Um, I made getting healthy a hobby. Hobbies are fun. Everyone loves hobbies. No one likes dieting, right? Right. So I didn't gain it back the next week or that year. You know, but it kept creeping up and I kept saying, well, you know, if I gain 10 pounds, I'll go back to, because I used to log, I used my fitness pal and I used to log, right? I'll go back to that. I was confident, you know, I can always, you know, knock it off. But then I kept not, and then kept not. And then I had to buy all the clothes all over again. Oh, uh, the worst. I threw away all my fat clothes. Not threw them, I give them away, you know, right. but all of them. I'm never going to be fat again. Every 25 pounds, you need new clothes. Yeah. I mean, when I started, in my mind, I'm going to lose 125 pounds. I never did. I lost 80. But in my mind, I was going to lose 125 pounds and then go out and buy new clothes. Yeah, you, you can't wear those clothes, yeah. <laughs> Nothing fits anymore, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Every 25 pounds is a whole new wardrobe because I was not working from home at the time. I, you know, I had a regular job and I was traveling for business. So every 25 pounds, I had to buy at least five days, you know, worth of clothes, right? Because you know, I might be traveling for a week and um, 25 pounds, new set of clothes, 25 pounds, new set of clothes, you know, throwing away the old ones. I'm never going back. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm having to rebuy all those clothes. That's so demoralizing. Yeah. It really was. So, you know, my kids, by the time we were teenagers and then the launching years, I call them the launching. I don't know enough has that label. That's my label because 13 through 16 was not a, you know, normal, normal issues. Six, yeah, 18, like the 22, becoming adults. Oh, 
I was, it's just horrible. I mean, hard and just, I have a whole sermon, by the way, I, I can give you like some time. I, I had an opportunity to preach and I, and I told the story, but you know, life, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and stress and, you know, falling back into your old eating habits, um, not exercising. I mean, again, you know, no, no way. I tell people now health has to be maintained. That's not a diabetic thing. That's, yeah. That's life. That's a health thing. Your body, like you look at these athletes. Why do they have spring training every year? Because they get out of shape over. I mean, they're professional athletes. They're, they're, nobody is in better shape than they are. And yet once the season's over, you know, just a couple months, they got to have a month or so of hard getting back into shape because that's how health works. But I didn't. Right. So, you know, I became the exact same before only plus 20. And I think so many people will resonate with that story. I mean, that's such a common theme. I feel it with myself. The second you let your guard down, it just all goes to hell, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, and then the shame of it, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, hitting 300 pounds again, that was a big milestone, you know? It's not like I didn't start trying. I mean, I tried to get back on the horse time and time again, and I just, you know, it would peter out after a week or two. People tell me, now, oh, you got so much willpower. You have such motivation. I'm like, then how did I get morbidly obese? Not once, but twice, if I'm such a fount of motivation and willpower. But we'll, we'll develop that topic yeah. at a time. Uh, so I'm fat again. I'm morbidly obese. Now I'm 10 years older. I have osteoarthritis in my knees. I'm a type 2 diabetic. When did you get diagnosed with type two? How long ago was that? Great question. A little more than two years ago. I mean, I didn't put the exact date down. Okay. I had like an A1C of eight five, and you know, my doctor at the time, uh, you know, here's your metformin, here's your clipicide, and go talk to the diabetes specialist. And now, and I, you know, I'm pricking my finger, and it's one eighty every day, no matter what I do. Yeah. I still didn't clue in. I I can't explain it because it's very much unlike me. I didn't think, oh my God, I got diabetes. That, and then, and then ty- diabetes is a horrible thing and you're going to lose your feet. You're going to have a heart attack. You know, go on kidney dialysis. You know, none of that. And that should have kicked in, but for whatever reason, it didn't. Well, part of it was my confidence that I knew what to do. Right. Right. Ah, I'm just going to go on a low carb diet and I'll knock it right out. But I didn't. And then COVID hits. And I didn't go to my you know, diabetes specialist. Now you can't go to one because, you know, you can't yeah. go to the hospital unless you, you, you need major surgery and not even always it right. I'm blaming it. It's still me. I didn't, I didn't, you know, push for it. Well, I finally got, you know, COVID, we, the vaccine came out, right? And I got, got my shot and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to talk to that diabetes specialist. 11.2. Wow. That's very high. In fact, was my night in the hospital moment for round two. I mean, I don't think at some point they, at that level, they even put you on insulin, right? Or were they well, debating that? He did. So she added Trulicity. Okay. And in three months, so in July, I was to get an insulin pump. Okay. So you were just doing injections every day? With I didn't sort of... take insulin at all. Okay, you didn't take it. Okay. But I was, I was going to go, like, I was never going to do injections. She, she was going to give me a pump from the get-go. Right, okay. Yeah. <sighs> And I, I, I just knew 11-2 was really bad. Yeah. 
Yep. And it, it hit me. I'm going to go blind. Blindness is one of my primal fears. I've had bad eye sense, eyesight since I was in kindergarten. I had cataract surgery in my 40s. Uh, you know, again, I'll try not to bore your audience with all my stories, but that's just a thing. You yeah, know, it's I, one of your fears. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, and it hit me because I, I, I had been having blurry sight in the mornings, like when I would wake up for the first minute or two. And again, mm. it wasn't cluing in. But when she said 11-2, man, that hit me. Oh, my God, that blurry vision. Oh, my God, blindness is one of those things that diabetes causes. And, you know, I got right on it. You know, yeah. I went and I, 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 I'm glad that I got Jason Fung's, the diabetes um, code. I didn't do a review of all the diabetes books or theories or whatever. I just looked it up. I found that that's the first one I read. And that's what changed everything. So within the next three months, so it's intermittent fasting and it's low carb eating. It's it's the twin towers. Yeah. Some people call it keto, low carb. I actually follow. I don't know if you ever listened to Vinny Tortorich, but he's got a podcast and he's behind what's called No Sugars, No Grains. Okay. It's the same thing. It's just you do it without having to count anything. If you just eat meat, fish, and your non-starchy veggies, things that don't have lots of carbs, you don't have to count anything, right? So you can use keto as a label. Everyone's familiar with it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't measure my ketones. I didn't count, you know, how many grams of carbs before I, none of that. I just started. And then, so two powerful things, intermittent fasting, call it the keto diet for shorthand. Yeah. The third thing was getting a continuous glucose monitor in my arm. I should, I should have. Or something. You have, you, you wear the Libre, is that right? Yeah, I went with the Libre because uh, the Dexcom was too expensive. My insurance wouldn't cover it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Libra, you just scan it, right? And it tells you your blood yeah. sugar, or does it tell you? I use, uh, I use an app. You can't tell, but it's right here in my arm. Uh -huh. You're supposed to be here. I've worn it here. I've worn it there. I've talked to the actual support people. So, because you're like, oh, you're not supposed to. No, I'm wearing it here yeah, is fine. I knock yeah. it off more under my arm. Other people knock it off. It's on the side, but you teach their own. The point is, it changed my approach because, you, you know, I thought I was going to work my way in. But when you can see your blood spike, you go to McDonald's and have a burger and, and fries and think, oh, I ate less. Therefore, you know, that's why I hate I hate the term everything in moderation. No, no. Let your meter be your guide. You know, I thought I had a moderate amount that day and my blood sugar went to 400. I mean, at the time, my blood sugars were in the 260s. Like, that was where they are. It took weeks to get below 200. Wow. Right. And again, the monitor was so those three. If I had if I told people if anything I do resonates with you, the three most powerful levers are the intermittent fasting, the, the keto eating, and having a, a continuous glucose monitor. And so I had been a fan of low carb dieting before, like a football fan. Like I watch my, my good Chicago Bears, I don't play football. I'm just a fan of football and I listen to football talk and I listen to football theories. And I listen to football commentators. I was like that with low carb, right? I read the Eads book. I read the Atkins book. I read the, the Finney and, and Volek book. You know, I, mean, I was very educated, but I never totally practiced it. Long story. I'm just going to leave it at that. But seeing my sugars go sky high, I knew oh, I can't screw around with this. I can't ease into it. 
right? I mean, it's really incredible for people that don't have a continuous glucose monitor. Even if you're type one, you, your blood sugar can fluctuate wildly throughout the oh, day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, especially if you're on insulin or whatever, you can take the insulin, you know, eat your meal, and then your blood sugar could spike up to 300. Then the insulin could kick in and bring it back down. You have no idea. But like you said, if you can actually see what's going on, you know, all the time, right. it's really eye-opening. It's totally eye-opening. And I have a love-hate relationship with my Freestyle Libre. I, I send about half of them back. You know, either I knock them out or they're 30 points off on their readings all the time. But there's no doubt that the benefit of, you know, I eat something and I see the spike, that all by itself is worth the benefit. You know, I don't care. I do care. I get annoyed that it's not accurate. Yeah. Now that I'm down trying to get under the 100s, but now there's a difference between 80 and 115, whereas the difference between 240 and 210 isn't a difference, right? But right. now it's like, do I take an extra, yeah, I take Caroline and Berberin, we don't need to get into that in this this hour, but do I need more, right? Well, if I'm at 80, no. But if I'm at 115, I want to, you know, I want to get into normal range. I don't want to just not be diabetic. So it took me three months, and I was shocked. So again, I was used to having lost the weight, so that was a 10-month ordeal. And even then, I thought it was so fast, right? If I had watched The Biggest Loser, and I, I used to dream, if only I could win the lottery that I could go to one of those fat camps, right? And I could have someone yell at me and exercise me and I could lose the weight. It never, I, it never occurred to me how actually fairly easy it is to do. Yeah. It's, you know, there's two, two kinds of hard. Moving a piano is hard, right? It's big, it's bulky, it's heavy. You can't do it by yourself. It's always hard in every context. Getting up on time, let's say you're a teenager, is hard every day but getting up any one time is not so hard. The, the alarm rings you can get up i mean it's not hard right not right. putting something in your mouth isn't hard but not putting the wrong things in your mouth all day every day for years so losing weight is that kind of hard yeah it's the habits forming the habits yeah. yeah but we didn't forget all the lessons we learned in the first go-round so i knew how to cook i knew what to cook I knew what foods were good for me. I mean, I didn't have to do any learning along those. I had to do compliance, you know, but I, I was able to, you know, jump on it. And in, seriously, in three months, I got off all the meds. All of them. Wow. So, so you're, the, when, when, when you started, your A1C was in the eights, uh, essentially. So two, you, your time was 11 right. something. And 11 then you went, two. yeah. Right. So 11 to... I, you know, that's the start of my second journey was 11 two. Yeah. And it took uh, three months to get it to six, five. Wow. And I was, you know, my, my doctor did not support what I was doing in the sense of everything I did, I learned from Jason Fung's book. Yeah. He's incredible, not, isn't he? Yeah. Not a single thing of it came from my, from my doctor, my, the di diabetes specialist, not my GP. Um, she said to me first meeting. It's not your fault. It's genetic. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I hadn't read his book yet, but I, you know, you feel good. Oh, I didn't cause it. It's not my fault. You know, let's add trulicity to the two I'm already taken in three months. We'll start the insulin. She didn't say, you know, but 
you don't have to do any of this if you'll just do these changes. Yeah, yeah. And then as I read the book, you know, I'm in communication with her, and I'm telling her what I'm learning, and and you know, she wants me on a stat, and, and she didn't support the idea of fasting, and you know, but I give her credit that she at least worked with me. She didn't like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you because you're not paying attention to me. So as I as I decided each moment, can I get off? You know, which one can I get off first? Did you have to taper back or did you just get off at a certain point? So again, I didn't do any educating until that that day. So when I went home and I started looking up my meds, I stopped glipicide right away. Because glipicide increases or speeds up the day that you need insulin. Okay. Glipicide gooses your, your pancreas to make more insulin. But because of that, it gets faster to so i immediately you know that's the one i did without her advice or consent i just no i'm not taking that anymore do any Um, of them cause low blood sugars or were they that you know of i never had low blood sugars until i had been well one i've never had a hypo i've had a reported hypo because this this thing is yeah i was wrong yeah um but two i was making drastic changes in what i ate and, and the fasting such that i was healing myself and getting off the meds. So let's say you're in the 130s and you're taking, you know, the meds, you're much more likely to get a hypo because, you know, if you don't eat the sugar that the meds are there to help you, you know, handle, right? right? I was able to fast initially on, because Trulicin is a once a week shot. So once you've taken it, it's in your system. Right, Um, right. But again, from my research, I knew that metformin and Trulicity, neither one, and sorry, and talking to my specialist, neither one of them were likely to cause, because they don't work. A glipicide would have, because glipicide is like taking insulin. Okay. So with her participation, I'll call it, you know, I, I got my sugars down and it's like, okay, now we can stop trying Trulicity and see if you keep your sugar stay down. Then we took metformin from two pills a day to one pill a day, and then... The day that, because we had a meeting already set up, it was set up for the insulin pump. So I held that that appointment, and then it was, I can get off the last metformin. Wow, that must have been a great day. It was, it was, and I was, you know, I don't like, be, I am a natural jerk, I'll just admit it, but I was working really hard not to give in to my nature and going to her all smug, and you know, you didn't tell me any of this stuff. And... If I did ask her, I'm like, you know, Doc, how how come? Because she was happy for me. I mean, look, look at your numbers. This is great. Why isn't this what you're teaching? You know, why why did you you know just say, hey, it's not your fault. It's it's genetics, and you know, take these meds. If I could get off them in, in a mere three months. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's so much lacking in the medical medical community for type two and type one. I mean, in type one, you know, you see your blood sugar spiking all over the place after meals. And it would be great if an endocrinologist said, you know what, why don't you try taking one or two meals out of your day and see yeah. if you can at least stabilize during those periods and then just deal with the one meal, you know, but they don't, they never have said anything. The same with you. It was illuminating. Not everyone is willing to make the changes you did. And I held back because, again, I'm, I'm like, going, I prep myself like, Lee, don't go in there and be a jerk to your doctor. Was if you don't give them the information, how can they make the choice? I bet you 
90% of the people would still not make the changes. I, you know, in other words, I think, I think it's a self-reinforcing, you know, like we want to blame the doctors, but we as people make the doctors who they are because, you know, we want a pill, right? I mean, doctors have been telling their patients to lose weight forever and then the patients don't. Now we can debate like how they tell them to lose the weight is why, but people don't even do what the doctors tell them to do. Yes, calorie in, calorie out doesn't work long-term, but how many people even try? I mean, millions of us try, but there's hundreds of millions of us in, in the country, right? So I, I get that it's a mutual thing. But so that was uh, July. I, I kept, you know, the fasting and the, and the you know, eating low carb. I'll stop and let you ask questions. <laughs> that was all for one question. Yeah, no, no, that was that was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm impressed that you were able to do that so quickly. Within it was a three month period that you were able to get yeah. off everything. Now and tell me, what's that? My story's not unique. I've heard from lots of people who like did the same thing. You know, bigger drops than I did, bigger weight losses than I've been able to maintain. This, this is not. I am not some unicorn. You know. It's not Lee Harrington. I, I, I always try to stress that with people. I am a normal guy. Like, I'm glad we're talking while I'm still fat, right? Because when I see those cut, you know, look at me, I used to be fat. And I can't really, it just blows every circuit in my brain. It doesn't inspire me a bit. I can't relate to someone who looks like that. Well, you know? you're also proof that you don't need to lose all of your weight in order to reverse no. type two. You only need to lose a portion of it and change, you know, your lifestyle. That's, yeah. that's what you need to do. And it can happen really quickly too. And I want people to know that. And again, whether it takes them three months or two months or eight months or five years, right? It's not a race, right? But, oh my gosh, think of where I'm at now. I don't have to worry about the cost of insulin. I don't have to worry. Trulicity is $1,000 a month. Even though I wasn't paying for it, I had, I had you know, decent health insurance. I lose my job a lot. I'm in IT. I'm in consulting. It's a very high, high stakes uh, field. And I lose my job every couple of years. I won't, if I lose my job again this year, I won't be in fear of my health because I don't need medications to live. Yeah, that's, a, that's worth it right there. I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm down way less insulin than I used to take previously. And same with insulin. It's like $600 a vial. I mean, it's, the medical costs are crazy. And, and right. it's not it's not just the diabetes. Like I say, when you get type one diabetes, they might as well diagnose you with 30 other conditions at the same time because they're coming because it's all right. correlated. And yep. the same with type two, you know, and I know you've written about that on your blog as well. You know, yeah. it, it really, I don't know if it was you, maybe, but somebody piggybacked onto one of my posts where I was, I was talking about how I don't have a disease. I have a consequence, right? Because someone had, had written to me and they said, oh, yes, this disease is, oh, it's so bad. I, 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 don't, I, I say almost, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it hit me like, I didn't think of myself as diseased, right? I mean, I am. I have, but my, first of all, my disease isn't diabetes. Diabetes is a symptom. The disease is metabolic syndrome or insulin resistance syndrome, or I love Ted, the name is, he calls it energy toxicity. That's the disease that causes all the other ones that causes heart disease, causes kidney disease, you know, everything that diabetes goes on to cause later because your, your blood sugar is out of control. So that is you lose your eyesight, you lose your feet, neuropathy, you're right. Everything else, the heart disease, whatever, 
It's not diabetes causing it. It's the thing that causes diabetes is also causing those others. Yeah. Right. So I tell people I'm pre-heart disease. I used to be called pre-diabetic. Like I don't have risks of heart disease. I have developing heart disease. So my journey's not over. I mean, I'm no longer diabetic. I'm still in the pre-diabetic range. But even then, I, I want to heal the whole shebang. Yeah, and I love that, that you've written about that in your blog. That really resonates with me because, yeah, I mean, you take care of all these things at once when you do what you're doing. I would love to hear more about your intermittent fasting journey because that's, you know, that's something that I think is, it's one of the three pillars that you spoke about. So maybe you can just say how you got started on it and what your fasting protocol maybe started with and what it looks like today. Totally from Jason Fung's book. I had never considered fasting before. So you remember I talked about, I did all that transformation nine years ago and I learned all about low carb stuff then. And I knew actually a lot of it from before. So I had a pretty comprehensive sports fan <laughs> knowledge, but I had never considered fasting, never really. I mean, I knew what fasting was from, a, you know, it's Easter, let's fast. But um, reading his book, you know, hey, not only should you stop eating sugars, you should stop eating. And it made such sense to me because when you understand that low carbs about not eating carbohydrates, so it doesn't spike your insulin, right? And your sugars, that part, again, I understood that part. And so fasting is just an extension of that same idea. Then it hit me. The other part was I was attracted to it because when you're not eating anything, you're not eating anything bad, right? So when you have to transform your whole diet, again, that's not easy. I have compassion for people. And I understand I was able to make a lot of changes fast because, again, I'd done all of that learning and training, you know, before. So I knew what I was in for. And it seemed like a shortcut to fixing my diet in the sense that, when you're not eating anything, you're not eating anything inflammatory. Should I eat lectins? Is tomatoes bad? Is bell peppers bad? Do I have a cheese intolerance? Do I, you know, not, I mean, everything in the world causes somebody a problem. And I've never been disciplined enough to do an elimination diet and then try to figure out, okay, do I have none of that? Well, if you fast, it's all, none of that matters. Yeah, you know, it takes you, a lot of the decision making away. It's great. It really does. <laughs> Fasting is free, right? Fasting gives you time. So intellectually, I was very attracted. I know some people, because they hear me, you and I, I think, met on the, the, the Facebook group that's for people who are already fans of, of, of fun, right? Yes. Dr. Fun. Uh, I'm on another one that's more of a general uh, diabetes, and it turns out to have been sponsored by uh, somebody with a herbal supplement to sell. Um, and so you get people with all manner of perspectives. and diabetics can't fast. I can never fast. Oh, I'll die if I don't eat something in three hours. You, you get, I didn't, I didn't really have that, but I didn't have any experience fasting. Right. So, um, it felt, it feels like it felt like a superpower because the first time I got a reading, remember I was struggling to get under 200. Right. I mean, I'm not eating any carbs. How can my, you know, uh, blood sugar be above 200. So I, I fasted and I fasted until it fell to 100. 
And it okay. took about 24 hours. Okay. But, so it was your very first fast. You did that. Right. I don't wow. know if it was my very first, but it's the first right. time I hit 100. And I had to fast for 24 hours to get there. But I got there. I, I had been struggling to get a single reading under 200. And here, by just not eating for a long enough time, it eventually fell. And it was like somebody had put a cape on my shoulder. I'm super diabetic. You know, I have the power. If people, how do, how do I bring my blood sugars down? Drink water. No. no. Exercise. God, no. Exercise increases my sugars. Because yeah. you're exercising, it releases from your muscles. Even yeah. gentle walking at that stage, at that level, my insulin resistance. Even going, because I had the CGM, remember? Yeah. So even going for a walk would raise my blood sugar. Now, I still kept going for the walks. But, you know, the only thing that I could reliably count on, like this will lower my blood sugar, is simply to stop eating. And the rest is just training, right? The... So did you have to develop like a protocol or did you say you, you got it to less than hundred and then did you say the next day I want to do this and then like develop a pattern or how did you do it? Right. So skip breakfast. And at first I was eating constantly from 12 to eight. <laughs> you know, that was my feeding window and I ate the whole, the whole time. I tried to eat better foods, but you know, I ate a lot of cashews and, and other nuts. I mean, I, I switched from snacking on Doritos to, snacking on cashews but when you're a big guy you can not eat the 100 the way you need to eat and starting to lose weight you know because it's still better than what you were eating before so you know so i didn't like right now i'm at 18 six and i only have two meals okay and i try not to snack in the middle sometimes i do sometimes i don't i don't snack after okay yeah of course, it's not a fast if you snack actor, but I mean, I cheated a lot in, in the beginning, you know, like, oh, I'm starting fasting at eight and then I have some nuts at 10. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But it's like a muscle. It, it, it really is because I had done the physical transformation once before. So if you've never done that, if you were never an athlete as a kid, if you've never, you know, you might not realize that your body changes as you use it. And I know because I did the first trip around this this journey in my mid-40s and i'm a smart guy i i that's my trading card that's how i've made my way in life that's who i was as a kid how dumb can i be to not know i mean if you'd asked me a question i could have got the answer right on a test but the but the experience of seeing it happen transforms your knowledge so when i started getting little bumpies on my arms and little bumpies on my chest. I was like, oh my God, I thought I was the kind of guy that didn't get muscles, you know? Well, because I was the kind of guy that lifted weights. Right. <laughs> so fasting is exactly like that. It's not different than like that. It's exactly like that. So when you start, like I got to where I could run a 5K. Wow. I just put shoes on and go run 3.2 miles. I started, I couldn't walk longer than a half hour. Wow. And I couldn't run at all. This is my mid-40s. This isn't, no, arthritis was not a, a factor, right? So then I started walking 30 minutes, and then I started walking 45 minutes, and then I started walking an hour. And by the time I got to an hour and a half, I'm like, I'm not going to walk three hours a day. So then I, 
I got an app called Couch to 5K, you know? And so run for 30 seconds, stop, you know, walk. And then, you know, walk for two minutes, run for 30 seconds and walk for two minutes. And then it's run for 45 seconds, walk for a minute, you know, and you know, they increase the running time and decrease the walking time. And after a few weeks, maybe a month or two, you're running a 5K. Incredible. Fasting is exactly like, you know, you don't, you don't start with, Oh, I'm going to do a five. I, I finished my first five day fast. I couldn't have done that right from the start. You know, I couldn't do 18 six right from the start. Right. I couldn't do 16 eight without cheating right from the start. You know, and so it's, it's, you know, you start somewhere. And if you, if you try, I would tell people try, um, well, first of all, do the low carb first. Right. If you're if you're fasting while you're still a carb addict, it's harder. Would you, you know, say actually that the fasting has helped correct your appetite in some way? Do you find it easier to resist high carb stuff now that you, you know, because fasting is actually an exercise in control. So yeah. once you've mastered that, do you think that helps going to low carb or not? <laughs> I'm just. It doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, I'm giving the face because I want to give uh, uh, not a glib answer. We don't have a magic gene or magic response or conditioned trained response that shields me from desiring to eat the things I shouldn't eat. I still do, at least at this point in my journey. So on my five-day fast, I was the first two days felt like my normal day. In other words, I got hungry around breakfast time and then I didn't eat and the hunger goes away. I get hungry around lunchtime, don't eat, hunger goes away. I get hungry around dinner time, I don't eat. Hunger goes away. I want a snack in the evening, and that's always, always to this day, that's the hard time, right? So uh, I don't have unlimited amounts of self control, but I currently only really need the self control at night, and so I have to use you know, don't don't eat, don't do it, right? Um, the third, fourth, and fifth days, the hunger really does lessen, but the cravings didn't go. In other words, I've learned to tell the difference between a craving and a hunger. And the third day, again, I had craving, like I want to eat. I enjoy eating. I love eating. I love snacking, right? It's a pleasure. And I enjoy watching TV and I enjoy eating while I watch you know, TV. So I still had that. Fourth night, I was crazy. I mean, that was the, you're on the roller coaster, white knuckling it. You know, I had this, you know, uh, it was hard. I mean, I, that again, that was willpower. I will admit that night was willpower and self control for, but it was in, it was just one of the five nights that it was like that. So, because I don't, so in other words, I don't want to say I'm even past the point to where I no longer have carb cravings because I do. Right. right. What I replaced that with, though, is, I guess, in other words, they haven't gone away, but what has changed is I am eating delicious food that fills me up. Food that I look forward to eating, food that I like eating. I like feeling full. I mean, I get so much criticism from some people. My God, how can you eat that much? And I'm like, I get to be full. Not all day, but I get to be full. And then my fullness lasts for a while, and then I get hungry again. But when you try to portion control, well, then you're hungry all the time. Even when you're eating, you're still hungry because you don't eat till, till you're full. 
And then what you ate doesn't keep you fueled and so you're hungry. So to me, that's much harder. So I don't think I had gotten rid of the carbs so I could honestly say intermittent fasting makes the carb craze go away. Some people claim it, and I, I'm not saying they're wrong, but either I'm not fat adapted yet, even after all this time, or it's just mental addiction that I still have. But and I it, may, still, it may come later. I mean, it took a while for me for that to happen. Like if there were... Like I, I, I can't buy, I have this favorite, you know, spicy cashews that I buy from Amazon. I can't buy them. If I buy them, I will eat them if they're home. So I'm, I'm going to write this in a future post, but one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to put into words is because people are like, Oh, you, I wish I had your self-control. I wish I had your motivation. But I do some things that make me need less. So when you don't have something in the house, you don't need as much self-control, right? So if you exercise self-control when you're shopping, that's a one-hour experience when you're in the store and you're out of store and you use some self-control. Now I don't need to have a week's worth of self-control to not eat the things I bought, you know? So, I mean, there's things you can do. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So, but I will say that eating proteins and fats does make me feel full. Like this morning I had for the first time, someone said, because I made light locks. I, I bought a, uh, some fish from one of the online services and it, it came with some locks that I never had it before. What is this stuff? And someone sent me a link, oh, locks, eggs, and onions. And I made it and it was delicious. I mean, I I was so full at the end. You know, I haven't eaten since. So that was uh, 11 and it's now five hours later. And I haven't had a hunger pain, but yeah, I stopped myself pretty good. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I like looking at your food pictures <laughs> and I love locks too, for the record. That's like my favorite thing to eat. <laughs> I mean, so, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Well, yesterday I, you know, the bears were on for those of you who are, aren't in the U S and don't know U S sports team. It's the Chicago based American football team who was really bad this year, but, uh, so, you know, and I, I'm not having Doritos and, and, you know, my favorite watch the game snacks. So I made a, a charcuterie plate. I just went and my friend, I'm sliced up some summer sausage, some ham, all the cheeses that I had already opened. And I, I used up before they, they go to waste. I had some stuffed olives stuffed with jalapenos. Oh, that's amazing. Some pepperoni. I made a, like most of my pictures, people think I'm eating so much, but they don't realize it's a salad. Okay, that's an old Weight Watchers trick. You know, put your food on a small plate. Well, this was the big dinner plate, and I, I was just into making the the tray. So I basically made a party tray, and I'm the only one at the party. <laughs> I and I that. ate. Even I couldn't eat it all, but I ate so much that I was stuffed. And again, I ate it at around, maybe around, around three. Mm. So when five o'clock comes across, I'm not hungry at all. Now, I'm not going to eat just because it's dinner time. Right. And I'm intermittent fasting, so I don't want to eat after six. Because right? I'm on 18.6, so I want to stop eating at six and don't start till noon. So if I if I eat nine o'clock at night, well, now i got to fast until you know, what, three in the afternoon or maybe my math is wrong. And so I, I'm not going to eat just because I'm dinner time. I'm not hungry. And then I got hungry, of course, after dinner time. But now I'm experiencing that same it's, it's late at night and I like to eat addiction behavior and you just willpower your way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And then over time, it, I'm sure it goes away. I mean, if you do it enough times, it'll stop. 
That's what I found for myself. I hope so. I haven't hit that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while, but it, I think it will stop eventually. So I, I have a question. Do you think that this is going to be a, a lifestyle that you maintain or do you see yourself modifying what you're doing now? Well, I, I thought that before, right? I, I, you know, everybody says it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Nutrisystem says that, you know, Weight Watcher says that. I mean, that, that's like everybody says that. Um, I hope so. I mean, the, the, the difference between now isn't really in what I'm doing. And there are di major differences, but the mindset of this is how I'm supposed to be all the time is, is the same. The difference before is I had kids, you know, my kids at home. And so I couldn't, did, couldn't, didn't want to put on them my dietary restrictions. So all the food I should be is in the house. The, you're busier. It's a, a whole lot easier as, because my wife is fully on board. She has lost a good amount of weight. She's not fasting the way I do. She's not diabetic, but she is on board with eating, you know, low carb and she'll have some bread, some things I, I don't, uh, or can't eat, but for the most part, it's very compatible and she makes good food for me. And when it's my turn to cook, I make good food for her. So it feels easy. I think we can maintain it, but I, I wouldn't guarantee it because it's, it's not what I didn't not like what I was doing before. I think what's unsustainable is if you are doing something that you don't like, you will not do it forever. Okay. So you have to find foods that you love to eat that are good for you to eat. Yes, I eat some food. Like for me, lox, the first, so I had lox two different meals. The first time it was like, oh, that yeah, tastes healthy. <laughs> you know, healthy is like, it's not nasty, but it's not delicious. And I'll eat it from time to time because omega-3s and, you know, um, the second day when I made it a different way, oh my God, that stuff's delicious. I'll have that again. So Wait, you before to, you go on, if you but, come to New York, you have to let me know and I will take you to get some excellent locks. Absolutely. I, I, I'm up for, I'm up for that. So but the, but where I'm going is that you have to put the effort in to discover what you would like to eat that is also healthy for you to eat. Because clearly we all love things that aren't healthy for us. But what some people have not yet learned is that there is an infinite variety of really good, tasty foods that are healthy for you. And maybe something that I find delicious and it's healthy. You, like I won't eat Brussels sprouts. I've ate them. I've tried them. I'll, I'll be at a restaurant. I'll order them thinking, well, maybe this restaurant knows how to cook them in such a way that I'll like them. Nope. Those things are nasty. Um, so you don't have to eat what I eat. And sometimes, you, in particular in the beginning, you can eat things that you're not in love with yet. But boy, spend the time to continue trying and learning, learning how to cook, learning how to try new things, finding that two weeks worth of variety. Because that's really all you need. Like, who eats 52 completely different meals every year? I mean, you know, or 300, I was doing a week. But you only need like a two-week rotation. If you can figure out 10 solid meals that you like, I think you can last forever. I agree with and that. I have, yeah. I have far more than 10 already, but I've been doing it a long time. But yeah, that makes perfect, perfect sense. We were almost up on time. And I just want to ask you, well, first of all, 
your blog. I will link to it in the show notes. Is there anywhere else that you want people to find you or follow me on Twitter? I'm at the Lee base on Twitter. I, I, all my YouTubes are technical. So, I mean, I don't have a channel every now and then I, I make a tutorial and I load it up. So there's nothing there for health conscious people to want to follow. I am not a content creator in the sense like, like you asked me and I'm happy to come on and talk, but I'm not out there as a media person trying to create content for people or monetize it. My well, I blog- love your blog. Your blog is yeah. extremely thorough and comprehensive. So everybody should look at your blog. Yeah. If 10 people in a month see my blog, it was a good month. I mean, in other words, it, it's it's more like a person, it's more like a public diary. Maybe someday somebody will link to it and it'll catch a following. If it happens, fine. But you know, like I find value even as it is, like I've gone back and reread my previous journey and remember things that I had forgotten, you know, victories that I had that I've forgotten, you know. So, but but it's all there you know, comment. I, I, so yeah, but, but I'm not somebody else. Follow me here, follow me there. Cause I really, you know, that's not what I yeah. do. Yeah, no problem. I just wanted to let people know because I love your blog and I'm in a couple of different Facebook groups with you. I think you have a level of honesty that a lot of other people don't have. And I love seeing everything you post. And I also like looking at watching your journey. Cause like you said, you're not through it yet. So it's really fascinating to just kind of see your progression over time. <laughs> If you, like me, get really intimidated by the people that are already there and they're big and strong and athletic and muscular and you know, or really young, you know, yeah, go ahead and, 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 and you know, give me a follow and watch my journey. I am honest. I, you know, when I eat something I'm not supposed to eat, I tell people about, you know, about it when I, uh, you know, I... I post my big fat pictures, you know, I had done all this transformation once before and then gained it all back. And I try to be very real about that. There's, I, that comes from my, my faith, right? I've I've been a Christian a good number of years and every now and then I have an opportunity to speak and in my mind, my technique, you know, my, my approach is I slip my wrists and I bleed in front of people because I don't think giving people a, an image of perfection inspires anybody. It makes people feel inadequate, right? And no one is actually all that perfect. You, you know, they're just not displaying. And so I feel by displaying, you know, I do talk about plenty of victories, but I just, I just have that desire to say, here's how God helps me every day, you know? At this age, with these things, I still need my. So it comes from there. Like I'm like coming to my blog. You don't get hit with a lot of religion. That you know, but I just want you to help understand where that comes from. That honesty comes from my conviction that being real helps people. Yeah. Because my message won't resonate with everybody, but there are people I know about it because they respond to me who. I read like like read Dr. Fung, don't listen to me. But I know that there's people who hear me and get things out of it because one, they're not going to read the book, or two, they read the book and they really, you know, couldn't understand it. Right. So I meet some people's needs in ways that somebody else doesn't. Yeah, I really appreciate your style and I love reading all your posts. So keep it up. And hopefully, you know, in the next six months or so we can have you back and Love to hear more about your progress because it's just so amazing to watch. Everyone, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with another episode next week. 
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.